we're with you till 4.30 today. Uh, Thursday night football, we got the Steelers and the Patriots, and we got Jerry Reynolds in today. It's great to have you in, as always, Jerry, and Kyle will be back with us uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be getting ready for the Kings and the Suns. And I feel like I've been learning a lot about French Lick, and you've always over the years educated us uh, uh, as to what happened in French Lick, what went on there, what it was like, where you were from and Larry Bird was was from. But I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, long story short, I'm reading this book on the 87-88 NBA season, which the guy wrote the book says it was the greatest season ever. But anyway, he says that because there were so many great teams playing at one time, including Larry Bird's Celtics. So he writes a lot about the beginnings of Larry Bird, and I'm learning about French Lick. They had a piano factory there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Kimball Piano Factory, and that uh-huh. really was a big employer at that time. It's closed now, yeah. and uh, and Larry's dad worked there for a uh-huh. period. Joe Bird, uh huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Larry Bird, according to this book, he was actually a better like slow pitch softball player than than basketball. He's a phenomenal slow pitch softball player. He hit the ball a mile, and I think it said even played badminton or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not too, yeah I'm not okay sure on any of that. Yeah. I. I t- you know, I know Larry was a good, uh, good baseball player uh-huh. too. Yeah. yeah, you know that's how he got a crooked finger. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, on his shooting hand, and of course he said it helped him because it helped lock the ball in there. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> like a like an old gnarly catcher yeah. finger. And then I know that. Uh, well, it's not in the book, but uh, Larry Bird's grandfather taught you how to smoke. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, and I know that you did the interview with Phantom where you talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Phantom and I talked yeah. about that. And uh, yeah, it was uh, Claude Bird. He was uh, Larry's granddad. But and, no one knew that about anything about Larry Bird yet, right? Well, no, he yeah. was maybe two years old uh-huh, or uh-huh. something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Or maybe three or four. Anyway, I was 16 years old. So, uh, But anyway, and I didn't really know Claude particularly. Uh, but anyway, I'd worked on a golf course, the Donald Ross course, which is right near my our home. And so it was easy for me to bike down there and work. And, uh-huh. and I, my job was to rake, rake uh, sand traps and, and mow bunkers. And so that's what I did. Yeah. And, and at lunch at Claude and his buddy, Shorty Taylor, they'd sat around and roll cigarettes, you know, uh-huh. and smoke. And I asked him once, I said, you know, how about me having one of those? <laughs> he said, yes, sir. He said, son, I'll, I'll, I'll roll you one. He said, now, under one condition, you smoke the whole thing. Uh-huh. And I did. Uh-huh. And that ended my smoking career. Because <laughs> I but mean, you did I, get through the whole thing. Oh, I, I mean, I always remember, I tried to get through it. But I, I, as I recall, too, that day, which I did a lot, but I'd, Started off and worked about a half hour after lunch, and then rolled a mower into the woods and laid down, laid down for about an hour, hour and a half. I was sick, huh. and that was Larry Bird's grandfather, but no one knew that yet at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he knew he was Larry Bird's. Right, brother. right. But I mean, Larry <laughs> I Bird. Being yeah, Larry yeah. Bird, no, yeah. Larry. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, uh, Larry. That I mean, he did. He just kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, he was a late developer, like like. A lot of the great players, the Tim Duncans or Elijah Wands, or yeah. a lot of them were late developers because he was uh, first time I'd saw him play in high school. He was a junior, about six three, hundred and sixty five pounds, and uh, wasn't the top scorer on the team or anything, but great passer. I really? Mean, oh, just I'd never seen him like it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know that's one of the most underrated parts of his game in the pros. I mean, yeah. probably a better, more creative passer anybody in the league for 10 years were there were there uh, some scouts that uh kind of just 
didn't take him seriously because of where his background and where he came out of the you know the backwoods. Well, not by senior year, he grew to six seven and averaged uh-huh. thirty three eight points and twenty uh-huh. some rebounds. That'll open some eyes, <laughs> and, yeah. and a lot of eyes got opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and you were one of the first, right, that saw what he could do, and he I, always. I'd I'd uh, offered him a scholarship. I was at West Georgia at that time. I offered him a scholarship after his junior year. I didn't, you know. I just knew that even the way he was, if he put on. 10, 15 pounds, he'd be able to play uh-huh. at, really at a high-level college. Yeah. And so, but he, I know he always appreciated that, that I was the first to show interest in him. But, but then again, by the time, you know, we were dropped from any consideration once Indiana and Kentucky and sure. all of them started coming after him, you know. Yeah, which, but he appreciated the faith you had and you kind of showed him yeah. that, you know what, you could yeah, do something. Yeah, know? I mean, I don't know if that really, really made – Mainly, in fact, he grew for some inches, and then, of course, later on, he grew another two inches. I mean, mm-hmm. so he's really legit, was legitimately six nine and a half, I think. Uh huh. So, could you in your prime? Could you have taken him? Oh, of course. <laughs> That's my story. I'll stick to it. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, you can't prove anything different now. <laughs> We've got the in-season tournament going on here. Oh, what a game! The uh, Bucks and the Pacers. It's all even here. Uh, early fourth quarter. But here's a question that um, uh, players are split on here. Uh, if you win the in-season tournament, do you hang a banner? That's a question that uh, players have been uh, asked. Damian Lillard said he'd rather just take the money than hang a banner, right, for the in-season tournament. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is excited about the idea of maybe hanging a banner if the Pacers are able to win this thing. However, he says, I think at this point in my career, because I haven't done anything yet, I'll take a banner. But certainly LeBron would not answer the same way, says Tyrese Halliburton. Willie Green, coach of the Pelicans, seems to agree with Tyrese Halliburton. He says, oh, that would be great, very exciting, if we could hang an in-season tournament banner up there uh, from the rafters at the Smoothie King Center. What do you think, Jer, if you win the in-season tournament? Is that worth hanging a banner for? I don't believe so. You know, I really don't. I think it, it sends the wrong message, if anything. You know, you say I, that's sacred ground, right? Well, I think, you know, it's like, say, the Milwaukee Bucks or the L.A. Uh, Lakers. I mean, you know they're not going to. Now, why would they not? Well, because they've won championships. Right, and, right. And it's at some point, it's say, let's say the Pacers would win and hang a banner, and then someday they win a championship. You've got, you've got the mm-hmm. in-season tournament. Right next to an NBA championship, I, you know, there's just it you just put it in the hallway or something, and in the concourse maybe or a yeah. Spot well, for you'd it? Ha- you'd have to take it down, move it somewhere, wouldn't you? You yeah, just would. I guess so. I mean, but I could, you would want to celebrate it. Well, sure. One of those teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think any of us celebrated is a tournament, and everybody had the same chances, and they didn't accomplish it. So yeah, it should be celebrated, and and it's an achievement, uh, but it's not an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of what's happened in some baseball cities, you know, baseball, you win the world series and you have a championship banner or you win a pennant and then you have like division titles. I've even seen teams and they have like wild card 1980, whatever. It's like you, that, no. that you don't hang a banner for being a wild card team. That just means you didn't win anything. Well, that's like the thing. It's always, Thought Shaq always just got our goat, you know. For yeah, years. I know where you're going. <laughs> you know, because we, you know, which I think should have been a, a, you know, a conference championship should have been a banner. Uh-huh. It really belongs up there. 
<clears throat> but he'd come in and look at and go, ooh, make a, <laughs> like he's scared. You know, of course, yeah. you know, it's a, for teams that damn them that would have won multiple yeah. championships, that's the way they'd see it. Well, especially when they win the league championship in the year that you are hanging your little division yeah. banner and they're in your division. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then so, yeah, they just had a knack of uh, getting right to the crux of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just hope the Lakers don't have a chance to hang this. This banner. What do you think, Jerry? As we look at the Western Conference standings here, the Kings, as we speak, are eleven and eight, sixth in uh, the West. How does the West compare to what you expected to this point? I know we're only about a month in. Minnesota's on top. OKC, Denver, Dallas, Lakers, and the Kings are the top six. Is this kind of the way you thought it would look at this point? No, of course not. I mean, I think there's three teams that have been just way better than I anticipated. Or Minnesota. Uh, Oklahoma City and uh, Houston, I think all three. You know, just didn't see them in the, in those kind of places. Minnesota is sixteen and four, best record in the league. So who saw that coming? I did not. <laughs> and yeah. but but having said that, it's also true the Kings went into Minnesota and beat them. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of those four losses. That's their only home loss. Right. Yeah. And, and that that's the encouraging part is that I, you know, we've talked about it is I don't think there's any great teams there's four five six seven really good teams and i think that's why if you're a kings fan you can say well there's no reason we can't be among the elite and and it'd be true i think uh, i mean not sure you want to play the pelicans ever again but probably anybody else <laughs> no, appears. anybody but them uh yeah we'll continue to look at how the kings fit into this when we come right back also take a peek ahead to the kings and the suns tomorrow night it's a drive guys Oh, rolling down the home stretch today on Sackdown Sports. Hey, let's face it. Tyrese Halliburton is becoming uh, hes becoming one of the bright young stars in the NBA. That's okay. Uh, it didn't work here, but we're seeing him shine today on the, on the in-season tournament stage. He's not just becoming an excellent player. He's becoming a, a star. He's got kind of that charisma that only star players have. Oh, no question. I mean, he really is a guy that the Pacers can build their franchise around, and that's what they plan to do and what they are doing. And and this is a big year for Tyrese. I mean, last year he certainly was an all-star, but he has yet to play in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that's... But he's in the in-season tournament. Isn't that the same thing? It really isn't. (laughs) And he'd be the first to tell you that, I'm pretty sure. All right. uh, The Kings tomorrow night taking on the Phoenix Suns. We found out today the Phoenix Suns will be without Kevin Durant. And that's, you know, you don't wish an injury or ill will on anyone good news for for the kings as far as tomorrow night goes but that's the thing about this season every game is so important because right now uh the kings are 11 and 8 phoenix right behind them at 12 and 9 so you just don't have any nights off do you no you don't huh and really i think grayson allen's out too yeah that's right and he has really played well for them you know i mean Mm -hmm. he's a knockdown shooter so you know it's a good break for the the Kings and they've had a few days off. So, but to your point, I mean, yeah, the West is so good. Every night's a, every night's a challenge. I mean, really probably other than San Antonio, who just hasn't, has really been major, a major disappointment. Everybody else seemed like they, they can get you. Uh, The trailblazers last night nearly (coughs) pulled off a stunner. They were leading the Warriors most of the way. And then the Warriors just, eked one out down the stretch. Uh, that was a surprise. And Steve Kerr, after the game, said, 
may have to make some lineup changes. Uh, things aren't quite working out the way we wanted. The Warriors right now are sitting at uh, 10 and 11, and we know what they're capable of, but they don't look very good so far this year. No, it's been, I'm sure everybody there would say it's been disappointing, and they're under 500, so that's that's not Warriors. And uh, so, yeah, if you're Steve Curry, you, you know, I don't know what you exactly do, but, uh, you know, other than Steph Curry, I think you could change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He didn't – Coach Kerr, by his own admission, didn't have a very good game uh, when the uh, Kings just beat them to advance in the end-season tournament. He admitted, yeah, I probably should have left Moses Moody in. So that's just a sign of how Steve Kerr right now – he doesn't have the real feel for his roster that a coach, especially a coach who's been there as long as – he has been would like to have yeah i think uh, you know and i think a challenge that was wasted cost him a timeout so yeah there's yeah. a couple little slips that for a coach of his caliber and and you know i think there's probably a lot of people thought when he took moody out after he had three straight threes right right saying, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah and even he yeah. had to admit that i know as a coach that's the last thing you want to do publicly right because you got all these people like me that are watching we don't know what we're talking about and we're always criticizing coaches and if you're a real coach, the last thing you want to do is publicly go, yeah, I was wrong, and all you yahoos were right. Well, I, I think that's a sign of who he is, you know. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons he has so much respect. Well, we're and, very close, you know, Steve and I. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in the fact, when you won four championships, it gives yeah. you a lot of leeway mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah, mistakes. Sure, sure. Uh, the Clippers, where do you think? Should we be taking them seriously? I mean, big picture is a team that could really make some noise. They could win it. I mean, yeah. now, now if they're healthy and, I mean, it looks like Harden's starting to fit in. You know, Kawhi's still probably not 100%. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think they're, they're a scary team. You know, mm-hmm. now they're still finding their way. But having said that, but it's also true, those guys, the key guys have never been healthy for a full year. They right. have so far. Mm-hmm. But we had a couple of days ago, Mark Spears was on. He was at the game Monday. He said he thinks the Pelicans said the way they played, if they stay healthy, he says that's a team that actually could compete for the well, top spot in the West. They're, to me, it's kind of like a little bit like the Clippers in a sense that their three key guys, you know, Zion, Ingram, and McCallum, uh, injuries have been a significant issue of the last, especially Ingram and Zion, the last three years. They just haven't been able to play majority of the games. And so uh, if they can – they're a real threat. They Absolutely. Are. They are. Ingram's like, um, he's almost a Durant light. Isn't he's a, he? he is a kind of Durant junior. He sure mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And then Zion's a one of one kind of a unique kind of a Charles Barkley of 2023. OKC. Maybe it's a little early for them, but I, I, I had them finishing, I think in the top four this year. Um, obviously they're very young, but Shea is tremendous. That's another team in the West that I think is capable of doing some big things this year. Yeah, and you know, I I knew that Holmgren would probably help him. I didn't know he'd help him this much. I didn't think he's quite ready to, in my mind, be the clear uh, rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's played much better than Wimbanyana when you really look at the whole picture. And as you said, they've got, with Gilgis Alexander, they've got a guy comparable to a Halliburton Fox. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic. I mean, he's in that same caliber. Yeah, the Spurs, remember they had back-to-back wins against the Suns a couple weeks ago. 
They've only won one other game. <laughs> They're three and seventeen. Yeah, they they just got to be thankful the Pistons are still in the league, don't they? <laughs> oh my goodness, what's up with Monty Williams? Uh, Pistons fans aren't too happy about all the money that the team gave Monty Williams, the coach. Well, Monty probably is starting to feel like Jimbo <laughs> Fisher or Jimbo <laughs> uh, at uh, what is it? Yeah, uh, from Texas A and M, getting yeah. eighty million to go away. You know, it's like yeah, that was always my goal. I was always hoping, you know, to get a <laughs> get a five year, twenty million dollar contract, mm-hmm. and and you know, I'd I'd have been magnanimous if they fired me out. <laughs> Fine, yeah, you, I deserved it. You waited too long. <laughs> Uh, going forward, do you think the Kings need to get back in touch with the team they were last year, the offensive-minded team, or do they continue? Do they need to continue to try to become that grinding, gritty defensive team that Mike Brown wants them to become? Well, I, I think if they can improve slightly on both both sides of the ball, that's the best you can hope for, and I think they're capable of that, and, and I think that's what they want to do, and I think they can get a little better defensively. They're not going to be – top defensive team in the league mm-hmm. but uh you know uh, Keegan needs to get healthy right I mean and and, yeah. and Keegan needs to get you know back to a better version of what he was as a rookie which he hasn't quite got there because of injuries so and then I think Harrison's got to find his way and uh, I think Monty or excuse me uh <clears throat> coach Brown has got to decide who he wants to play off his bench get a, a little more stable rotation, rotation there yeah, for the good of the players. Jerry, thanks for coming in. It's always uh, educational, always, as you know, a lot of fun. So we appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. Anytime, you know, anytime I can be spend time with you and, and when Phantom's not around, that's, that, that makes you, it. That's a win. Huh? That's a win-win. <laughs> Kyle Draper back with us tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the Kings and the Suns. And we got Thursday Night Football coming up on Sackdown Sports.